Good morning, Lighthouse. Sure. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Eh? Every time I'm given an opportunity to, to stand before God's people, I don't take it lightly. I spent lots of time seeking the Father's heart that I may pick his heart bit for what he wants us to, to hear. We are on the series of Devoted um, to Prayer, and uh, we started with Devoted to Personal Prayer, Family Prayer, Corporate Prayer, and today, this is the last one of the, of the part four of um, prayer series, Intercession, Devoted to Intercession. And I'm so excited to, to talk about intercession because now when you talk about something that you are part of, something that you live, and now there is grace that flows through that. And my prayer is that God may deposit something to light us to the nation's church. So... There was a story that was told um, many years ago when I gave my life to Jesus. And that story, it was about intercession and it changed my life. So this story, it was about the rewards that were given in heaven. And so the pastor who was leading a church, a very pumping, growing church, and his congregation. So they went to heaven and they were given crowns each one, for, for all that they've done on the planet Earth. And the last two which were left, one was the pastor whom God had mightily used to preach the gospel, to go to the nations of the Earth, and signs and wonders and miracles were done through his hands. And there was one golden lady so there were two of them, the pastor and the golden lady. And there were two crowns. So I've got something just to, to give a picture. These are not crowns, but it's a picture. So there were two crowns that were left. And uh, on these two crowns, I'll put them here. On the two crowns, so the pastor and the, and the golden lady... And uh, obvious now, the pastor is, when he's looking at the big crown, is thinking, wow, I traveled the world. And God has mightily used me. I've seen great things. And sure, obvious, this one is mine. It's, it is my crown. And the father called him first before the golden lady. She was 90. And so when he was called, he was given this one. He was given this one, this small. This one is big. It was, uh, I needed a small one, like half of this. So he was given that and he went like, oh. No, Father, you are making a mistake. That is a mistake. Do you know me? Dad, do you know me? My father, it's me. And, and God said, I know you. Yes, I know you. I traveled the world. Yes, I know that. You traveled the world. And the people were healed and delivered. 
I did so many great things with you. But this is your crown. And then he looked at the old lady and said, but this was in my church. She was one of my saints. How is, how is it that you want to give her this one? Then the father started to tell the story of how the golden lady was going to be given the big crown and said, son, listen to me. You travel the world. And so many people were healed and delivered and set free. The blind received their sight. And the dead were raised alive. I want to tell you a story of this lady here. This lady, whenever she would hear that you are traveling, she would be on her knees. The day the announcement is made that you're going to be traveling in a week's time or in a month's time, from that day, she would not stop praying for you. Praying for the people. Praying for your flight. Praying for your finances. Praying for what you're going to eat. Praying for everything. Praying for what God is going to do with the message you're going to preach. Praying for miracles. Praying for healing. Praying for deliverance. And it is because of this woman that you have experienced this in your ministry. And she deserves this. Upon hearing those words, he knelt down and he worshipped God. And he glorified God. Friends, there's a glory in the ministry of intercession. And it's not a public glory that comes to you. But it is, there is glory in that. And there's glory that we can experience even here and now on earth. As we understand the ministry of intercession. I want to also tell another story of, uh, of an old man and a young man. They both sang a psalm song. It was a psalm song. So when the young man stood up and sang the song, the church stood on their feet. And you know, they, they clapped and they shouted. Wow, it was awesome. He sang so well. And then the old man stood up and sang this very same song. And when he sang the very same song, what happens? People started to cry. And they started to pray. And after the, that church service, the young man went to the, to the old man and, and asked him, We sang the same song, but different results. Why is it that? What's your secret? And the old man said, You prayed for the song. I prayed for the hearts of the people. That is what made the difference. And I always pray for them. Not for the song. I always carry people in my heart. And because I pray for the hearts of the people, what comes out of the heart will reach out to the heart. You're saying out of the mind, you only touch the minds of the people, not the hearts of the people. Intercession is a ministry that can touch the hearts of that can touch the hearts of men and change lives and change things and circumstances and situations. It is dying to solve. 
Intercession, it is carrying your cross. Intercession is not easy. But when the vision of intercession is clear, paying the price becomes easy because the vision is clear. And when we catch the heart of intercession, we can pay the prize happily. I want to give some Old Testament examples of uh, men who interceded and um, what they experienced in their lives. So I'm going to read from Exodus 32 10. So I'll start with Moses. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. This is God. Because the people had rebelled against God and uh, they had uh, bowed down to an idol which uh, Aaron had made for them. So now God is saying, now leave me alone to Moses that my anger may burn against them, them, the people of Israel, that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. God is speaking to Moses. Then I will make you into a great nation. It sounds so good, yeah? You know, Moses, this is what I want to do. I'll make you into a great nation. But I want to destroy them because of what they have done. That's, you know, to some, it, those who are self-seeking for glory, it's everything for them. Wow, God, you're going to make me into a great nation and you're going to destroy them. But this did not make Moses jump or get excited. Rather, he said, but Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power in a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, it was with evil intent that you brought them out to kill them in the mountains to wipe them out from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. And then you, you cost the covenant. This, this connects with the covenant. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky sky and I will give you give your descendants all this land I promised them and it will be their inheritance forever then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened so God threatened to to wipe out to destroy but Moses did not Take it well because he carried the people in the heart, in his heart. When you are carrying people in your heart, you are not seeking for your own glory. And said, no God, you cannot do that. And he reminded God of the promises he made to Abraham, Isaac and Israel. He promised. And what would the people say? It's not about making my name great. It sounds so exciting and great, but God, this is not about me. It's not about making my name great and my descendants. God, these are your people. You made a covenant with them. What will the Egyptians say? 
that you failed to give them the inheritance you promised them. No, God, you cannot do that. And then the Lord relented. The Lord repented and said, I'm not going to destroy them. That is intercession that we see people from old standing in the gap for the people. It's never about you. It's about, it's about God working in and through you like a funnel that his love flows in and through you and it touches people. And you allow God's spirit to flow in dry areas and life is changed. You allow the power of God to flow in and through you and things begin to happen. That is intercession. And God he wants or he looks for such people in every church. If we do not have people like that in the church that are devoted to intercession, we may take years to go around the mountain. Yes, praying, seeking God, but we may take years going around the mountain. I'm talking what I know. Unless we say, yes, Lord, here we are. You are speaking to us in light us. And God, we are aligning our hearts. Here am I. Teach me. Help me. Unless we step out, step in and allow God to, you know, to, to birth this thing in our hearts, we may continue to experience this glory. There are levels of glory to which we are called. When, when, we, when we experience another glory, we don't need to park there or settle there. We need to keep on pushing for another level of glory. Keep on pressing. Keep on pushing for another glory. For another glory. For another glory. For another glory. Growing from faith to faith and glory to glory. That is what we are called by God for and to do. And we also see Abraham in Genesis, 20, uh, Genesis 18. When God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And God said, I cannot do this without letting the snow to Abraham. So, Abraham now, he started to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, God, if you'd find 50 people, will you still destroy them? Far be it away from you that you destroy both the righteous and the wicked. And God said, I will not destroy them. And then he, he went on ahead and said, God, what if you find 45 people? Are you still going to destroy them? And God said, no, I'm not going to destroy them. And said, okay, God, what if you find 30 people? Are you still going to destroy them? And God said, no. He's, in, he's making intercession for the people. He's making intercession for the people. His heart is saying, maybe, this is, this is, this is Abraham's thinking, maybe because my nephew went to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because I've taught him the ways of the Lord, the fear of God. Maybe he preached to other people. Maybe there could be 20 or 30 that he had made an impact. But there was none. Until, the, until he said, if 10, and God, and God just left him. 
So they, they could not be found even ten, except Lot and his wife and, and his family, of which his wife lost his life when, he, when she looked back. So Lot was saved by the prayers of Abraham. And they never had any time in life to meet each other. For Abraham even to tell him, I prayed for you. The ministry of intercession is a ministry in the secret business place. You do business in the secret place. And no one will come and pat on your back to say, well done. But there's something that I will say about it later in my, in my teaching. So, he delivered Lord. Through intercession, we can deliver people. We can set people free. We can shut, close the doors the enemy has opened. We can cut off the chains of the enemy. And people can be saved. And intercession is not limited. You can pray for the people in Asia. And God can do mighty things. I want to tell you a story of uh, the people that... Um, these were my friends. One, one guy, this guy... He was a friend of mine. So he inspired me when I gave my life to Jesus. He was full of the Holy Spirit and power. Sure. And he inspired me. And one day I was praying. And uh, you know, he came along. I was praying and fasting. And he prayed for me. And fire fell on me. And started to speak with tongues that day. Wow. That's how you know, God used that young man. And so sometime later he backslided. When he backslided, it broke my heart. From that day, I never ceased to pray for him. I would intercede for him. Cry out to God for him. God, if God, you'd change Mike's heart again. Lord, I know that you've put something in here. And God changed his heart. And now he's serving God with his family again. God answers prayer. He answers prayer and we can change things. There are so many testimonies that I have, you know, concerning intercession. When I got saved, it was only me. My mom and my sisters, they were not saved. I started to intercede for them. And all of them are now serving God. They were saved. Nothing can stop the power of intercession. Because in intercession, it's like you go in that spirit of intercession into a place or into someone's life or in his family and you bind the strong man. And you wage spiritual warfare. You pull down strongholds. You cut the bars of iron. And the Holy Spirit, when he finds a crack in their hearts, he softens the hearts and lives are changed and things begin to happen. And God is calling us, enlighten us to be a church that uh, will be on its knees. 
There's also a story of Elisha in the, in the book of 2 Kings 6, 8 to 18. I'm not going to read that one, but I'm just going to, going to tell this story. So this is Elisha. He was a prophet. So every time Elisha would pray, some things would happen. And uh, the king of Aramean, whatever you would plan against Israel, Elisha would see it. And he would tell his king, the king of Israel, be careful, don't go this way or that way because this is what the king of Arameans had. This is what he has planned against you. Don't go that way. So he'd warn him. So he was so frustrated and he thought maybe there was a traitor among them. And somebody said, no, there's a prophet in Israel. He knows what you plan in your bedchamber, in your bedroom. He knows everything. When, when we uh, when we catch the heart of intercession, what God does is you begin to understand some things that you, you pray for, you intercede for. If you're interceding for people, God begins to make you to understand what's happening to them. They may be far away from you, but you begin to understand. And sometimes God can give you the details. And sometimes there's a story of a woman who wanted to be killed. And one morning the Holy Spirit woke me and said, Max, pray for, pray for this woman. And I'm interceding for her. She was in South Africa and I was in Zim. And I'm praying early, 4, 4 a.m. And I'm praying and I'm interceding. I'm crying. I'm groaning and I'm crying. And, and the, I would feel the burden here. I had a burden and I'm crying. And I had to go and wake up my friend who was staying with me. I said, please come and pray with me. Please, let's pray. And we cried to God. And so this lady was surrounded by robbers here in South Africa. And they wanted to kill her. And the Holy Spirit worked a miracle for, for that lady. And she cannot explain how the miracle happened. But she said, I just saw a car, I don't know from where. And it just, it was hooting just from there and scared them to death and they fled away. They had guns out. And they just fled away. So, I will not talk the glories now, I'll talk the glories later. So, intercession is a powerful weapon. There's a story that I read when I was doing theology about John Knox when we were studying on intercession. You know, these men, Rees, Orwells, and... But John Knox, the, the queen of Scots, Mary, she said, I fear the prayers of John Knox because when this man prays, something happens in my kingdom. I fear his prayers that all the armies of Europe put together. Something happens in my kingdom when he prays. Because when we pray, we frustrate the schemes of the enemy. And we allow the Holy Spirit to bring the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God will be revealed in our lives. In the New Testament, there are few examples that I will give there. But the example of uh, the father of the, of the prodigal son in Luke 15. Bruce has been on this for, for a while. The story of the, 
of the father of the prodigal son. It's so amazing. The son went and destroyed everything. But the father in his heart always was interceding for his son. Praying for his son. Praying for his son. Always he was out just checking. Maybe it's today he might think of coming back. And through the father's prayers, he came to his senses. And when he came to his senses, he said to himself, I will go to my father and I'll tell my father because I'm no longer worthy to be called his son. I'll tell him, just treat me like one of your servants. And when he was still far away, it was the father because every day in the position of intercession, in the, in the place where the father would stand in intercession for his son, watching him, when he saw him afar off, he ran after him and he hugged him. But the, the son was feeling unworthy. And to the father, to, you know, the, the, the love of the father was greater than the sin the son had committed. He said, my son, don't talk about that. Kill a fetid calf. Put on a robe on him. Yes, let's celebrate. Put on a ring and the sandals of peace. He's now at peace with me. How's my time, Jim? Half minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord. Simon and Anna, these, these chaps were all chaps in the church. Simon was promised that he would not die until he would see the consolation of Israel. And every day he was in the temple praying and Anna. And when they saw the miracle of Jesus, what happened? Sure. They were so happy. There's something that inside of them happened that no words can explain. In the New Testament, we see Jesus, uh, Jesus on John 17, 20 to 21, the, how he prayed for the church. He interceded for the church. He even said, I, I do not only pray for these ones, I pray for those that will believe in their word. He prayed for their preaching. He prayed for the disciples. So preaching that when I preach, God would open the eyes of their hearts to believe the gospel. And we see the same Jesus in, in Hebrews now. He's glorified. He, he's seated at the right end of the Father. And the writer of the book of Hebrews says, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. He ever lives to make intercession. He prayed when he walked on the earth for the disciples. And he prayed that uh, those that will believe us in his word, uh, through their word, we may be saved. We may be one. And he is right now interceding for us, church. He ever lives to intercede for us. And before Jesus went, he promised to give us the Holy Spirit. Do you know the reason why we have been given the Holy Spirit? He has given us the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows the hearts of man. Knows everything about man. And the Holy Spirit prays, 
in and through us with groanings which cannot be uttered. They cannot be uttered. He groans. I know how it is. I know how it is. Sometimes, you know, you're lying on a cold floor and you're groaning in the spirit for the souls, for the people of God. You are groaning. God, if your people, you'd open their eyes. And the Holy Spirit's job is to do the ministry of Jesus Christ in us. He has lived it on earth. And he is, he is at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for us. And the Bible says we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. So we pray from a, an exalted place. Come up here. And I'll show you what will shortly come to pass. So that you may pray strategically. When we have a revelation, we pray strategically. And the Holy Spirit is looking for us lighthouse to align ourselves so that we allow him to work in us and through us. And the Holy Spirit is looking for a wine skin that may pour his wine. That the people may drink from that wine. And God is calling us lighthouse. The people out there. And God is calling us lighthouse. We are lighthouse to the nations. Are we on our knees? Are we seeking God? Are we praying? Are we crying out to God? We are new creation. Born of God. That means we are born of the same spirit of Jesus. And the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of intercession. We have been made kings and priests. So that as priests we minister to God. We minister to ourselves. And we minister to the world. Are we ministering to the world? How is our ministry to the world? When we take Holy Communion, we are uniting ourselves with the Lord. Like what just has happened. We are, we are, we are uniting ourselves in Colossians 3.4. When Christ who is your life. So Jesus is your life. My life. Wow. Glory. So if Jesus is my life and he interceded when he was on this planet earth. And he is my life. Am I interceding? Is his life reflecting in and through my life? Because if Jesus is my love, I've got to walk in miracles. I've got to walk in this power. I've got to walk as he walked. I've got to pray as he prayed. But until we pray, no miracles. No miracles. Unless we pray, church. Unless we pray on, we'll just enjoy this. But I'm telling you, I'm not content with this. Because there's something that I've seen in my life. I'm not content with this. And my heart is always, I went to hope, I said, hope. I'm not content with this. And my heart is crying. We've got to pray, my brother. And hope said, next, there's also something happening in me. We've got to pray. I said, Lord, you're doing something. And from that day, we started to pray. Every Friday, every Saturday, we meet to pray. We meet. And then Bruce introduced this series. We just looked at each other. Said, God, you're about to do something in Lighthouse. 
Are you willing to say, God, here am I? Help me. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. I'll tell you this as I wind down now. I said, the Holy Spirit, teach me how to pray. When I heard the story of that, you know, that pastor and the golden lady and the crowns, I said, God, teach me to pray. I don't know how to pray. Holy Spirit, teach me to pray. Give me a ministry of intercession. Jesus, this is how you lived. And I don't know how, but I want to. Please, Holy Spirit, teach me, baptize me. And so it started like this, with a bang on my door. I was staying at the church house. So I had a bang. And I went out to check. There was nobody. And I closed my door. Went again to sleep. I had another bang. Went and checked. Nothing. I said, what's happening? In that moment, the Holy Spirit said, remember you said, I'm reminding you. So I was on my knees praying. The next day, he came again. The banging of the door. But I wasn't very much sure. So I went to check again. Nobody. When I had the second one, I, oh, that's him again. The second day. And it continued like that. And then the banging of the door stopped. And then now it was the knocking of the window. And the knocking of the window. Checking the knocking of the window. And then, oh, I realized, oh, the Holy Spirit. He was just teaching me there's so many ways he's going to communicate with me in life. And there's so many ways he's going to communicate to people that you're going to minister to. And the knocking of the window. And then when I had that knocking, oh God, you want me to be on my knees. And I'm praying. And sometimes it was the shaking of the hand. I start to feel this age. You know, and my hand starts to shake. And I would feel this power. And then I know the Holy Spirit wants me to pray. He wants to do something. And I start to pray in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it was this urge, you know, this, this overwhelming presence of God. This other day, uh, you know, I was just waking and I fought it. I said, oh God, you wanted me to pray. And I started to pray. And I prayed and it, it disappeared. Again it came. It, it happened four times. The, the fourth one, Tendai had come. When she came, you know, and we are chatting, the, that presence came and said, Tendai, the Lord wants us to pray. He's, he wants us to pray. Let's pray. And we started to pray. Sometimes it could be the scratching. I'm talking of the things that the Holy Spirit has done on me. Scratching. And this stayed for eight months. Every day. And then I said, when I'm driving, the Holy Spirit is scratching. Pray. I'm working. Pray. I'm sleeping. He awakens me to pray. And I'm praying. And this burden, you feel the burden is going when you're praying. And thereafter, there's glory of that. And the glory of intercession, when you hear people testifying here, you know it. That God, I prayed for this thing. And the glory of that joy that you experience here. You are like, if you are, you know, like an old man or old woman. You feel like a girl. You are dancing. You are rejoicing in your spirit. And you are saying, thank you God. And that is what will preserve you for a long life. Because there's a reason for God to preserve you. Do you have got a reason for God to preserve you for a long time? What are you doing for the kingdom? The treasure that we found. What are we doing with the treasure? God wants us to, to, to make an impact to the world. 
and the other one way that you no one has got an excuse is intercession you don't have to go to to you know to all the nations of the earth but when bruce is traveling when apostolic team is going trans local ministry why can't you be on your knees when we have a service we are meeting like this church if we meet prior at our homes with our family we are joining our hands and we are interceding god we want to meet you we we want to meet with you let your kingdom come truly he's going to come he will come and i pray that these things that are full god just these things god i desire them god for other people i know it's real what i'm talking about i know it's real he does it with me just on Thursday we were driving with my son I felt this presence in the car I said son I forgot one just to pray the moment I'm praying someone just breaks there and I don't know how I controlled but I twisted my arm and the car skidded and I don't know that's how he does it you need it in your life and after that we went and I was continuing praying all the way and when we parked our car i don't know what happened but when we got out we found our car right close by the gate like this like this i said god what happened i'm checking the handbrake what happened and the car 3 days ago was at the service what happened and this was a new thing the holy spirit and is i close will you be able to pick up when he comes and scratch it could be the shoulder tap it could be an overwhelming feeling don't ignore may god open your eyes to pick what he's saying and may, may the holy spirit count in you to be the vessel he's looking for to use i wonder if we can stand on our feet and say lord here am i i don't know if you are only happy with this but i'm not happy with this i believe we are light us to the nations and god has taught us all forms of prayer all kinds of prayer personal family corporate intercession may we allow the holy spirit to to have his way in and through us as his vessel through which is love will flow to the people through which is power through which is grace through which is mercy will touch and reach out to the nations wonder if worship could just come and lead us as we worship God just allow the holy spirit say holy spirit touch me holy spirit teach me holy spirit i desire this yes sometimes you know you may not feel comfortable but i tell you 
when you begin to hear people testifying of the deliverance of the saving grace that glory that you are going to experience you cannot buy that glory I walk in that glory I enjoy that glory and it's the joy it's joy unspeakable in your heart that's the glory that God has given us on earth worship